They're speakers, authors, and real-life rock stars, bringing you life-changing thoughts that rock. Taking conversation all the way to 11. Most shows only go to 10. Well, it's one louder, isn't it? These go to 11. To 11. This is Thoughts That Rock. Now, here are your hosts, Jim Knight and Grant Menzoir. Your VIP. Uh huh. Let's kick it. Uh huh. All right, stop. Collaborate and listen. Ice is back with my brand new invention. Something grabs a hold of me tightly. Throw like a harpoon deadly and nightly. Yo, I don't know. I don't know. Turn off the lights and I'll glow. I'll glow. I rock a bike like a vandal. Light up a stage and wax a chump like a candle. I'm How a candle. Do you wax I'm a, a candle. Chump? Like a candle? I don't. There are places you could go. <laughs> I don't know that I want to know. There are indeed places. Yes, I'm looking to wax a chump like a candle. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everybody. You know it's your favorite podcast. Mm-hmm. I don't have to tell you, but I will, anyways, in case this is your first time. Mm-hmm. And even if it is, don't be scared. What do we do here? Well, I don't know that it's appropriate for the airwaves, but what we also do here is host a podcast called Thoughts That Rock, which is about sharing life-changing advice. Just a couple of pieces, Jim, for, I don't know, 30 minutes or so. We like to just sneak it in there. Yeah. Yeah. It makes its way. It'll be front and center here in just a moment. We are thrilled that today's show actually has a sponsor. Oh, or does it? It does. What is it? Today's sponsor is McDonald's. McDonald's? Yeah, it's America's original fast food brand. Now you can get all your McD's favorites delivered right to your doorstep with McDelivery. McDelivery? McDelivery, that's what they say. I I did not. Go look on the website. That's where I got this. Uber Eats and DoorDash actually help you get it there. So, I'm loving it. Yes. McDelivery. Truth. Hey, I'm here with your McDelivery. Quit lying to me. You're DoorDash. Listen, this isn't all we do. Mm -mm. You would think we'd be millionaires because... Would you, though? Let's face it. (laughs) This show is amazing. But beyond that, we actually do customized edutaining culture and leadership training programs that we make half day, full day, multi-day masterminds, virtual offerings. What Jim and I do to actually pay the bills is help organizations amp up their culture, get in touch with their values so that they can perform at the highest levels. People pay us a ridiculous amount of money to do it, and so should you. So if you want to know more, it's certifiedrockstar.com. I believed everything you said till you got up to the point of where the fees. Listen, if you like the show, we know that you do. I do. I mean, I do. I do. And I've already given a review. I have too. Under a synonymous name. I've used my Netscape email address, but still. <laughs> I've tried to use yours, but I don't Did have you? the password. No. Listen, do us a favor. Take a second. Give us a five-star rating and a review. Yep. That would mean a lot to us. And it would help us grow the show so that we can make a little bit more money so we can donate it to our philanthropic partner who is... Cannonball Kids Cancer. Those guys rock. 
They're amazing. Um, you just listen, they do some amazing work. You have to go online and check them out. It's cannonballkidscancer.org. See how you can get involved. Like we have gotten involved over the last year. You will not be sorry. These kids need our help. So please go check them out. Cannonballkidscancer.org. Listen, we don't want to waste your time. We understand nope. that you're super well, busy. Maybe a little bit. You, a little bit. Just at the front part. I you fast forward five minutes in. I want to waste, I want to waste <laughs> just a little bit of this. <laughs> a little bit. Get right to the meat potatoes. That's right. We get it, though. You've got a lot of stuff happening. Yep. You're just trying to find a little bit of moment yep. to, so that you could just amp up your life personally, professionally. I do. That's what we're here for. But yeah. we also understand you're probably doing two things at once, right? Maybe. You're listening to the show, but Let's you might do be it. doing something else. Like, I don't know, showing off, splashing around. <laughs> Frolicking in the water. Maybe you're making your true love vows. I love you like Taco Bell. And maybe you're wondering what she's doing now. Summer dreams ripped at the <laughs> seams, but oh, those are hammer nights. We just want to be the 30 minutes you've been looking forward to. Let's do it. Here we go. Our guest today is a great friend, uh, Canadian, basically one of the smartest people we know, mm -hmm. Mark Bowden, keynote speaker, best-selling author, expert in human behavior and body language. Uh, he's the creator of Truth Plane. First and foremost, Mark, welcome to Thoughts That Rock. Well, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. I, I love the show, so it's just great to be on. I'm on. Well, you, you, <laughs> you made it. I got to tell you, you know, beyond just, uh, you know, we've, we've been friends now for a while. We're part of a speaker community together and uh, had a chance to, to hang with Mark uh, in Toronto last year and just get to know him a little bit. And, and one of my all-time favorite TED Talks is Mark's TED Talk, and we'll put that in the show notes as well so mm -hmm. that you can go and click on that. But just brilliant. I was telling him before we jumped on that we made a... I made my oldest son watch it uh, to, to help him with some communication issues he was having with some friends and, and trying to get them to, to react as friends and not as uh, as threats. <laughs> and uh, he's just somebody who was able to very logically listen to what you said and got so much out of it. So thank you already for, for helping with my, uh, with my oldest communication ability. We, we appreciate that as a family. <laughs> Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. I'm glad it, it, it's helpful. I do get lots and lots of messages from people saying how helpful that, that talk has been, and it's always lovely to hear. Yeah. You know what's weird? I, I also tried to show it to my girlfriend to help her with her communication. Oh, it, didn't, it didn't go as well. It was so weird. I had the exact opposite of what you had with your son. Yes. Yeah. You got to preface it yeah. right. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I, maybe it was me. Yeah. I'm sure it was me. That was the, the it's not me, it's you right. preface, which doesn't always work. Listen, Mark, can I hire you? Yeah. <laughs> well, let me help you with that. It's either you or her. Or you and her. <laughs> really? So there's three options. Okay. So you're there's saying I've got a chance that it's not me. He didn't even take you laying on a couch. No. There you go. That's fantastic. There you go. So we're going to put. Send the bill. That's right. We're going to put um, Mark's full bio in, in the show notes for you to take a look at, which you've got to to look. But just a couple of quick things. He's a global authority on nonverbal communication, uh, voted the number one body language professional in the world uh, for two years running. His company, Truth Plane, works with some of the most influential people oh, on yeah. the planet, CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. We're talking presidents, prime ministers. Uh, it, it's 
honestly, it's it's bonkers uh, what he's been able to accomplish. Uh, best-selling author of four books on the subject of body language and human behavior, uh, including uh, his first book, which was Winning Body Language. Uh, you can see him regularly on uh, CTV's daily talk show, The Social. Uh, he honestly, he puts out so much incredible content online uh, in these little snippets of just sort of helping you understand body language and, and the good, the bad, and the ugly, and everything in between. So um, we are so excited that you are on today. And, you know, we'd, we'd like to jump right to the meat and potatoes here, Mark. So the floor is yours. What is your thought that rocks? Thoughts that rock! Number one! Okay, here's my thought that rocks. Make a choice. Make it bigger. Keep it tidy. Hmm. Just going to repeat. Yes. <laughs> make a choice. Make it bigger and keep it tidy. That's my thought that rocks. I've, I've got to know. I'm intrigued. We've, we've been trying to think through exactly what you're going to, because we don't know the context exactly. Um, but we, or at all. We, we just know that this is, so you got to tell us because we have theories as to what you mean. Okay. Okay. So really what, what this means, and, and I was, told this by um, an art teacher that I had. And I think it's, it's essentially the key to making great art, whatever kind of artist you feel you might be. But it's also a key to doing things in an extraordinary way as well, which is make a choice. So decide what it is you're going to do. Just decide what it is. Yeah? Make that clear choice. Now understand whatever you've chosen probably won't get noticed. It, it's probably not big enough even for you to really get to grips with it. So whatever that choice was, work out what that choice would be if it were, you know, scaled up to number 11 on the dial or it were times by a thousand. So just make that thing bigger. So for example, if you go, oh, well, I'm going to paint a picture and it's going to be on a big sheet of paper. Whatever size you thought was big, it, it wasn't big enough. Mm. You just make it bigger. Good choice, but make it bigger. So now you've got this bigger idea or, or, or bigger example or bigger thing. Here's what you've got to watch out for. We have a tendency as human beings and artists to go, you know what? I'll just make this a little bit better by adding a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And, oh, you know, I could do this to it and, and just a sprinkling of this. And if I just added this color to it or, or thought about it in this way, it would be much better. We, 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 we muddle it up. We muddy it. Keep mm -hmm. it tidy. Yeah, just make that choice. Make that choice bigger and then do nothing else to it. Do resist the urge to try and make things better by adding to their quality in some way. There it is. Make a choice. Make it bigger. Keep it tidy. All right. I feel good. That's that's exactly what I thought it was too. So that's that's perfect. <laughs> it's so foolish. Oh, so you know. End of conversation. That's right. So as as a songwriter, uh, you know, I I completely get this in that, you know, when you're writing a song, is it are are you can you make this bigger in that can it apply to everyone and not just the three people that have been through what you've been through? So I get that on that side, and then I also get 
overworking it and adding and adding and adding so that before you know it, you've got this metaphor that now makes no sense because you've added so many words that you've lost track of what you were doing. And, and, you know, I think that's a very easy trap, at least for songwriters, you know, new songwriters. Um, it's a very easy trap to fall into because you, you want to sort of give everything you have to that song and, and, one of the things we had to learn was this, can you, uh, maybe, maybe you need to save some of these things for another song, right? Why, why waste all of your, all of your glory on one song when you can spread that out? So don't try to cram it if it doesn't belong. Is that, how have you applied this to your work, uh, that, that you do now, whether it's speaking on stage or you're consulting with these companies, how do, how have you taken that advice and sort of, changed your approach yeah so so a good way to explain how i've used it well so for example in my in my keynotes that i do or my training that i give i would suggest that in an hour or in an hour and a half or even if i do a half hour keynote or three quarters hour keynote but even in an hour and a half if you come and watch my keynote or attend a training of mine you're going to go away with one thing one idea that's it. Now, I've got to res- resist it. It's a really good idea. I mean, it'll, it'll, it'll change your life. It's changed people's lives. So you're going to go yeah. away with an incredible idea. Here's, here's what happens. Every time I get into these situations, I go, but they'll want more. That's not enough. Yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll see that I've only got one idea for them. That I'll give them this idea and I'll, I'll say this and I'll, I'll do this and I'll, I'll do that and I'll bulk it out with other, you know, really good ideas Okay, but I've got this one great idea that, that revolutionized the, the world of body language. Um, and so I've got to make sure I just stick to giving that one idea. And, and, and however long I've got, I don't try and add more because it just muddies the water and it stops the art from working. And, and, the, and the key to art from my point of view or the purpose of it is to remind people that they're alive Mm. and that they have physical bodies and they live in a physical world. It's very contrarian to a lot of, um, you know, uh, common, let's call it motivational speaking, which tends to be around, Hey, you know, remember you've got a, a, a mind or a soul or a spirit or an authenticity or I'm going, no, you've got a body. You're a physical thing. You live in this physical world and that's an incredible thing let's let's ignore all this spirituality and just remember you have a physical body and that's good enough it's amazing that you are in the physical universe it's an extraordinary thing to be part of so i've got this one idea and i and i i stick to it there's also um that i i came up with the idea that i was going to be uh, the number one in the field of body language. Mm-hmm. I just thought, well, what can I succeed at? What can I be the best at? Let's just make that choice. Yeah. So everybody knows me as that and not be something else as well and something else as well. And, and this, and that's just, I'm, I'm the best at that. That's, that's what I do. So make a choice, make it bigger, keep it tidy. It's, it's hard to do. It's hard to keep on track for it. But if you do it, you can, if you do it, you communicate in a very, very clear way. Nobody doesn't get it, yeah. which means 
you run a risk because they're going to come at you. Some some people are going to totally get it and they're not going to like it and they're going to come at you. Other people will really get it and they'll like it. And hopefully nobody goes away going, I didn't get it. I don't know what he's talking about. What is that? Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. It, you know, it reminds me, Jim and I have this conversation a lot. <clears throat> you know, I believe that there, in the speaking world, there are trainers who perform and there are performers who train, but they're very different in their approach. And, and so, you know, Jim and I, I think are sort of, in, in a way we're on opposite ends of a spectrum because Jim comes from a teaching background, a training background. And so for him, if you said to him, you know, you can do it in an hour or I'm going to give you two hours every time he's going to go, I want two hours because he wants to train and teach and put all of that into it. And on the other side, I'm like, can I do 45 minutes? <laughs> and, and I, and I'm going to wow you in 45 minutes. Um, but, but it's that it's finding that happy medium. I mean, that's, I know Jim is, is very much, you know, his deck is loaded with information and content and, and it's structured in a way linearly that you can sort of take this journey. And, and it's a very different approach than to some who might just tell stories or show images. Um, it is not done from a, Hey, you're going to walk out of here learning some practical and tactical advice. We like to joke all the time. Um, as opposed to walking out, like I feel transformed, um, which is, which is what I do. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, on both fronts, Jim, I would think that like this here, make a choice, make it bigger, keep it tidy. I mean, that's literally how you built your deck. Yeah. I, I, th I think you're right. Um, However, I would say that this still works for both of us because I think, you know, and Mark's probably like this too, as he's talking about art, I think of what we do. And I think if, if anybody in any position thinks of it as art form, whatever it is that they're doing, you, me, Mark, all of our friends, we're passionate, we're committed, we're a hundred percent dedicated. We're going to be authentic in everything that we do. Right. So I look at all that and go, as long as you're making that big, as long as you're making that tidy, it doesn't really matter what you're doing. I mean, people could be doing anything in a position for us. We just happen to be doing it on a grander scale. So I do agree with you. Mine's probably way more detailed. I probably sometimes have way too much content. You know, Mark, you're saying you're, you're happy if people, or, or, or maybe it's just the way it is. People are going to get one thing out of an hour and a half. I'm hoping like heck they're getting three, four, five things. And this is what I'm sure a lot of people do. They cram too much content. It's, it's you know, 10 pounds of content in a five-pound bag. And what happens is they walk out of there perhaps with not remembering much of anything. So, you know, I, yeah. I, I well, do I mean, like I the idea. That, that's the risk. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the real risk. When I'm training uh, speakers in terms of their content and what they should try and get across, I've only got one question for them, which tends to um, put them in a corner. I mean, they have to tell me what the, what the, the content is, what the, what the most important content is, what really matters. And, that's, and all I say to them is, look, let's just imagine that you're going to walk out of this room today and drop dead outside the door. <laughs> You've now got the chance to tell me what I need to tell everybody else. What's the one thing that you now know for sure that you want everybody else to know? What do they need to know? And, and people get a bit silent. Yes. It's a bit of a grim idea. But ultimately, 
puts you in, and, and they'll often go, well, I think there are three things. And I'll go, you haven't got time. You just haven't got time. Yeah, you're going to drop dead. You've got, a, you've got about 15 seconds to tell me what you know for sure that yeah. everybody else needs to know. Tell me now yeah. before you drop dead. Yeah. And it's that, it, that causes people to go, okay, it, it's this. And they say it with such vehemence and such passion, and, and they look you right in the eye because <laughs> they know this is their last chance. Yeah. And then all you say is go, well, tell me that over an hour so I definitely know. Like, don't let me leave the building without being able to know exactly what to do and sit down with my family and tell them. It's, it's an idea that could be passed on to others as well. And it's, so, it's been so clearly uh, talked through and shown that everybody gets it. And yeah, and I get some people might be disappointed and go, God, you know, I got it in the first 15 minutes. Why? What was that other 45 minutes about? But I frankly don't care because not everybody does get it in the first <laughs> yeah. 15 minutes. Yes. There's absolutely... So like you're, part of a, you're part of a society yeah. that other people need to catch up. Yeah. As you were talking, it reminded me, I know you've probably seen this. There's a YouTube video of uh, a U.S. Navy admiral. You know, he's doing a commencement speech. I want to say it was like two years ago. Um, Admiral uh, McRaven, and he tells this mm-hmm. story. I mean, it's a 30, 45-minute commencement speech, but he basically says, listen, if you want to change the world, I got one message for you. Just make your bed. Yeah. Like his whole yeah. speech yeah. is all about yeah. just do that. You get a feeling of accomplishment. You've already started on your list. You know, Maybe it's just for you, but you feel good when you come back. He's And he goes into a whole bunch of other stuff, but his whole point was, I don't care if you don't remember anything else, but the one thing is just make your bed. And you know, I show that now to some of my friends who, you know, because they think I'm crazy. You know, I, Brian, I've never left ever the house ever in my entire life. I've never left anywhere without making my bed. My bed is made every single day. It has been my entire life just because that was, yeah. you know, what my parents taught me. So it's funny that you think in those terms that if you could just get the one main point out, the one thing that will resonate with somebody that really could be life changing. Why not focus on that? That's a brilliant way, not just for a talk, but again, just to sort of lead your life, I would say. Well, and also think about that speech. Number one, the moment you started talking about that, I knew it was make your bed. So, so, so th- that speech uh, has been resident enough for us both to know it. We both have yeah. that piece of pop culture. Yeah. That is like a good pop song. That she loves you. <laughs> yeah. That is a, what he produced there is a brilliant piece of pop art. Yeah. Because there are many, many people on the planet who know make your bed. Yeah. And they can do it. They can do it or they cannot do it. It's a choice. But do they know about it? Yeah, they know about it. Yeah, you know, like you can sing "She Loves You" or not sing "She Loves You." It's kind of up to you. You can hum along. You can sing it now and again. You don't have to sing it every day. He's saying, "Make your bed every day." Yeah, yeah, and and I would guarantee that there are now millions of people across the planet who make their bed every day or think about it and go, "Oh, not today," yeah. but they think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's changed people's lives. Yeah, yeah, because it's a brilliant simple idea he made a choice there can you imagine him putting that speech together and going i can't just say make your bed (laughs) and then because he's the kind of person he is he went no that is that's 
that's the job. That's the mission. Yeah, it's yeah. brilliant. I'm going to do that, and I'm going to do it again, and I'm going to do it again, and I'm not going to deviate from that plan unless it goes badly, badly wrong during execution of this plan. I'm not going to deviate <laughs> yeah. from it. Yeah. So, so he executed that plan. Brilliant. It really, you know, yesterday I was, uh, I had a conversation with a, a mutual friend of all of ours, uh, Tamsin Webster. And, and Tamsin is, uh, you know, helps structure talks and she is uh, the creator of the red thread. And, and one of the things that she had done in the last six months or so that we were talking about yesterday, especially in this virtual world that, that everyone's living in now is this idea that, uh, she gave the example of a baseball diamond, right? And so when you give a talk, you have to decide, are you going to, are you trying to get people from first to second, from second to third or from third to home, but you're not going to get somebody all the way around the bases in one talk. It just, it's too much to ask. Um, that's what I tried to do it before I, before I had that analogy to, to think through, I would try to get people home every single time. And that's the 10 pounds of content in a five pound bat. Right. So when, when she sort of mm -hmm. said, look, you have to decide, do you want to get them from the, the what to the why, from the why to the how, or from the how all the way home, you know? And it was like, Oh, so I could actually do three talks with one big idea at each talk and have them in this succession, which, love that. which helps. Right. And so I think that that's sort of the same idea of make a choice, make it bigger, keep it tidy. The idea is you can have a really big idea taking somebody from what to why. Right. Um, but that doesn't mean that you have to explain every detail of how to have them actually do it in mm -hmm. that talk. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, it is, it is something that was a, just a profound idea uh, for me to, to trim back what I was saying and leave people wanting more so that when you finish, they go, what's next. Um, if you got done and you go, wow, I really got that. Thanks. That was a complete thought. You're like, Oh, well, you're welcome. Mm -hmm. I'm going to leave. Yeah, <laughs> I've got nothing what else. Yeah. What, what's happening there is, is you're looking to turn somebody from a, an amateur to a connoisseur. Yeah. <laughs> if they're going, well, what's, what's next? You're opening out the expanse of their experience. So they'll want to investigate more. And again, the first step to that is to just shake people in a little bit yeah. and wake them up, yeah. first of all, because they're in some patterns that it's very hard for them to get out of. So first, first talk you do with them is, again, to remind them that, that they're alive, to show them that first piece of art yeah. that just wakes them up so maybe they want to visit the gallery. Yeah, with you, I love that. But if you introduce them to the to, to the to the gallery, first of all, they won't know what to look at and and how it works, and and they'll they'll go back to the stuff they know. They'll go, they'll go. Oh, let's go and have a look at the Mona Lisa, which they don't fully understand. The, you know, they'll go back to something classic yeah. that is actually just um, it's it's not an aesthetic; it's an anesthetic. It's mm. keeping them in their sleep mm -hmm. rather than. The aesthetic, which wakes them up again. And aesthetics are very, very simple. They're yeah. not complex. Yeah. They're not complex at, at all. So give them something nice and simple to wake them up again. That's so good. I, I think, you know, before we sort of transition to our thought, because I think we've got one that complements yours as well. I do think if you look at it from a macro scale, you know, if you say make a choice, make it bigger, keep it tidy, this is also for for how people could look at their career path. And I think maybe for all, even all three of us on the phone, I'm not sure that, you know, we woke up and said, we're going to be 
professional speakers or authors. I mean, maybe you did when you were a little kid, but for me, I just focused on the one thing I was doing. And, and, you know, I'm very lucky because I think, you know, I'm not sure where my long and winding road was going to lead, but everything that I did, if I was passionate, if I was committed, if I just made my choice to focus on that and do that, you know, make it bigger, make it tidy, it a window would open up. I would have it as a stepping stone to the next thing. And now I feel like I'm doing what I'm going to do the rest of my life. But I think people can take that same advice that you just gave and think, I'm just going to crush what I'm doing today, do that well. And, you know, maybe they do have some aspirational dream that they can move to something else, but keep doing what you're doing. And ultimately something will present itself. And, you know, again, I think Brant, you know, you had a a great one that you pulled from uh, Ansel Adams. And and again, that probably fits in perfectly with Mark's. What, What is our thought that rocks? So our thought that rocks this week is this. Thoughts that rock number two. You don't take a photograph, you make it. And as you said, it comes from the famous photographer Ansel Adams. The The idea here for me um, ties in in a couple different ways to, to what Mark has already suggested. Um, this idea that you don't take a photograph, you make it, you know, it's not just about clicking a shutter, right? It, that, mm-hmm. That's, it's so much more. You, you, you want to put it in all the thought you can into the, into the picture to, to capture that angle, to capture that emotion, to capture the moment, lightning in a bottle, whatever it is. Um, you can just make a choice. But if you want to make it bigger, that requires some thought, right? And it's the same thing, I think, with art, right? You, you can't, you can just make your choice and say, I'm going to paint this stroke here in this color, or you can really take it that next level and make a choice that's bigger, um, that has a lot of thought behind it to take it to that next level, as opposed to just putting, you know, um, paint on a, on a canvas, is that sort of how you look at that thought as well, Mark, that you don't take a photograph, you make it? Yeah, I think what's interesting about that is, is, is Adams, who was one of the founders of the F64 group, um, took uh, black and white um, landscapes of, of America and really founded some of the ideas in America of what the landscape looks like and how epic and majestic and powerful the American landscape is and and he what he wanted to see and his group wanted to see was sharp focus and 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 a full range full tonal range so he was kind of saying I want you to capture the realism of this because it's it's good enough uh as it is and what it speaks to me about is the idea of authorship and authenticity in that uh you don't find your passion you decide what it is you don't find your purpose you decide what it is you don't find your authenticity you decide the life that you want to write because the rest of it is therefore just a a reed blowing in the wind (laughs) you're just the result of every other factor out there unless i would say you use the unique capacity that human beings have, which is to be conscious of ourselves and in being conscious of ourselves, make decisions around what we want ourselves to be and then enact what we want those selves to be. Now, this can be often quite contrarian to other people's ideas of authenticity, which is that some uh, outside entity or, or some outside forces are going to decide 
who you are. Well, I would say if outside forces are going to decide who I are, who I am, I'm not having any of that. Mm. I'm not. I'm not going to be the result of outside forces, no matter how big they claim they are. Uh, I'm not going to be the result of that. I'm the author of my uh, my own life. If I make a mistake, it's my fault. Mm-hmm. If I do something good, it's my fault. I decided I'll put it right or I'll make it better. So for, for me, that's what it speaks to me about is this idea of write your own book, write your own piece of art, remind yourself that you're alive, make the decisions and decide who you are. Don't let outside forces do that for you. Mm, I, I love that. You just, so you, you basically just gave the, the whole point of my, of my mm-hmm. next book, right? Which is this idea that purpose is not something we find. It's something we choose, but how do we do that? And, and that to me, what the book talks about is discovering what I call your black sheep values, right? Which is this idea that we all possess um, these four or five personal core values that are unchangeable, like a black sheep's wool. They cannot be dyed. Um, And the idea is if you're going to get to your purpose, if you're going to choose your purpose, you have to discover what these things are first because our purpose is born from those things. It has to honor those things. That's, that's the whole reason that we're here. So for, for somebody to start with why without defining their what, the chances of those being aligned are, are very slim. So you've got to get in there. And, and it's interesting that you even that you, you use it in that way, Mark, because, you know, I, I gave a talk uh, this last year to the professional photographers of America at uh, Imaging USA, which is their giant conference. And we talked about the importance of photographers discovering their black sheep values because I should see evidence of your black sheep in your photographs. I should see the things that matter most to you bleeding through those photographs. It's what makes you, you and why somebody comes to you and no one else. You know, the, the, the main point of the whole story was while farmers don't value black sheep, like the rest of the flock, because their wool can't be dyed. Um, they, they do keep one black sheep for every hundred white sheep in the flock. And they do that as a marker. So if they get up every morning and they've got 500 sheep in their care, they should have five black sheep. And so the first thing they do is they look out over that flock and they look for the black sheep. And if they see them, then they know everything is okay. If they don't see them, then they know that chances are something's wrong, right? Uh, there's famine, there's disease, there's wolves, there's something that's, that's a problem. But if they tried to just keep track of the 500 things that look exactly the same, it's going to be really hard to notice the difference. But if you focus on the things that's, that are standing out with their unique, authentic selves, um, it makes it way easier to keep track of them. And so that was the idea of, as a photographer, do you not want to be somebody's first look like that farmer? Do you not want them to come to you and go, gosh, I'm coming to you because every photograph you take, I know it's you before I even look to see who took the photograph. And that's because you see those black sheep, those evidence of what matters most in their life that come through. And that to me is, is living with deliberate intention. That is living on purpose, not uh, intentionally, but on purpose, meaning in alignment with your purpose. And if you never get to the right purpose, you can never be aligned. And that is was the purpose of the book. And really what you just brought to light here in this entire quote of, of you, uh, you don't just take a photograph, you make it. I just, I love that thought. So thank you for that. 
Oh, it's great. I think that's a great, great explanation of it. It brings up in me this idea as well. When I think about my core values, um, and, and so those, those potentially those black sheep that you're talking about, not all of those core values are, are great all the time. Right. <laughs> you know, so some of them are quite hard to live with. Um, not only for people around me, but even for me, they're quite hard to, to live with because those values can, can create um, a, a, sometimes a capacity not to uh, listen to others or, or, or bring in their values, particularly. They can come into a lot of conflict, let's, let's say. Mm. Uh, and, and so I think one of the things we often have to do with those uh, un- unchangeable values that you say we have is, is learn to live with them. Mm-hmm. I don't think we have to like all of those values. Some of those values can be quite destructive. But learning to live with them and learning how you're going to write with those values, how you're going to live your life with others when you hold those deep values and they're really hard to change. I mean, I would say values can be changed. It's just very expensive to do it. Yeah. Very, very painful <laughs> yes. to do it. Yes. You can do it really, I mean, I've, I've, I've seen it done very, very quickly, and, it, and it's kind of illegal <laughs> the way it's done. In fact, it's not, it is totally illegal uh, the, way, the way it's done. Uh, and there can be some spring back, but it's usually effective enough that there isn't. But on the whole, for the, for the rest of us that want to do it in the, in the legal way, then it's just hard to change those things. And so, so uh, you know, learning to, to look out on, on that flock and see the black sheep and some of them be, not, be tricky sheep, uh, but still learning to, to, to live with them, that's, that could be hard as well. Mark sounds like he's on the run. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> somebody... <laughs> Somebody chasing you. I'm always on the run. I do think this, uh, you know, when you talk about this too, and I think this matches up again with, you know, you're talking about the values. I I think about, you know, the the context of art not making itself. I think about Michelangelo who, you know, in addition to being this awesome painter was a sculptor. And he often said, listen, I never sculpted anything. All I did was remove all the excess rock to reveal what was truly inside. And I think, some of these companies that do go out and look for people that's that are just a little bit unique and different, like a Harley Davidson or Zappos or Hard Rock, you know, you think they've done a good job of of loving people the way that they are because they were true to themselves. They had these values. They were in fact authentic. And I think, you know, maybe even in our own world, when I look at this, you don't take a photograph, you make it. And I love Ansel's work. I mean, his stuff is fantastic. I do love it. I think even now you can still be true to yourself, but make it better to be of service to the audience. So I think about, you know, both of you guys, you know, between Mark and Brant and probably our good friend, Brian Fanzo, you guys are helping out so many speakers that are having to up their webinar game, right? <laughs> so I think, you know, not just because we're, you know, whether it's you're a photographer, you're an artist, we're speakers, you're now doing a lot of virtual stuff. You're still paying attention to everything. You're not just turning on a camera and it is what it is. We've paid so much attention to spacing where we are, what the camera is, the lighting, the color, the aperture, if you're using the right camera, the lighting, the microphone. Like we think of all that because you want it to be of service to the audience. You're still being your authentic, true self. You're you're definitely not 
winging it. And I think, you know, maybe it, maybe it's a three for here. You're, you're taking Mark's thought, you're taking this thought that we got from Ansel Adams and also putting it into the, um, you know, the headspace of what you talk about is that through all this, your life still is not dictated. It is not determined. I don't care what happens to you. You have a choice. There's always, always, always a space between the stimulus and the response. So you can either look at stuff as happening to you or for you. And if you take that mindset, you're going to be fine, whatever you wind up doing. But I I, I just, I love that idea. And I think it's a nice little combination of the three thoughts. It's, you know, Mark, would you say, and it's very true. Sometimes people have a tendency not to want to dig deep enough to figure out what those black sheep values are because they're afraid of what they're going to find. Right. That those prickly sheep, Mm. as you said. Um, But, but here's, here's the, the result of that by not doing that, they spend the majority of their lives caring for other people's sheep. And that is, that's never going to get you to authenticity. (laughs) And so if you spend your whole life caring about what other people care about and not what you care about, you can't actually make the photograph. You can only take it because it's not coming from you. It's coming from everybody else around you sort of leaning on you saying, this is what you should care about. This is what the, 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 you know, the people care about, the audience cares about, whatever it is. And if you never get to that, even that uncomfortableness, that vulnerability that says, well, this is what I care about and I don't really care what anyone else says. You know, we were laughing the other day that there was a... Um, an episode of a television show that was talking about the love languages and what's mm. your, what's your love language. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and there was a big joke that the person said, my love language is go <laughs> yourself. <laughs> and I was like, that's the first thing I've related to in that whole conversation, because those are the only words that exist mostly in my love language. And, and it is something though, that, that you have to get to the point where you're comfortable enough with that to live with it. And if you don't, you only become a cover artist, right? Or, or these people who are going to, to try to mimic the best works that they can, but they never find what's truly theirs. How, Mark, how did you find your voice, your, you know, your authentic black sheep? How did you find those and, and avoid just being a shadow of, of somebody else doing similar work? Yeah, I think, I think I, I, well, Obviously, I think we all start out as as the shadow of, yes. of somebody else's work because yes. we're trying to discover our own, and the only way to do it is through the lens of other good stuff. Yes, to see where we have, you know, what we resonate with, and what we what we gravitate towards, and where we where we differ. Uh, but then, after some time, I had uh, teachers and and mentors who would um, help me dig inside to get the real stuff from me and 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 the and that's the real risk that's where you need uh people around you who are going to support you when you display that real art Mm -hmm. of yours because here's the problem is sometimes it's not that good (laughs) it's not or it's not that likable i mean you know i can think of many performances that I've given or ideas that I've come up with, which have been definitely true art and people have gone, it's ugly. I don't like it. It's not nice. It's like, it's offensive. It's, you know, there's all kinds of stuff that that means it's not uh, uh, wholly watchable. 
and so and so you need help with people going here's here's why or here's here's we we get that that is truly you but um you know if you if you do that all the time or that's the only piece you display uh, it's difficult to get into that we need we need some kind of framework around that because here's the problem i think with with you know making your own photograph is people won't like the photograph yeah and that's why many people will take care of other people's black sheep yeah because there is a there is something that is felt to be intrinsically good about that. Well, you care about other people. You come, you become the person who cares about other people's values. And that is put on some kind of moral high ground. Whereas caring for my own values, some of which might be quite ugly, isn't put on a moral right. high ground. Right. It, it can be disliked. And ultimately, if we're disliked and we don't have friends and family, then it's very hard to survive. So, so there's prizes and punishment to, uh, you know, going out there and finding your black sheep and looking after those mm. um, as much as you look after others. Of course, the, you know, the key is to have the balance. The truth. Um, but you can't have the balance unless you've found the weight of, of, of all. Yeah. He's so smart, isn't he? Yeah. It, I love it, that it pisses off. me off a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's too good. He's too good for the show. Uh, he's just, you know, we're just going to cancel all other guests and we're just going to call you every week. Yes. And Thoughts at rock. With well, I can, I can talk about the stuff. I can't, I can't necessarily do it though. I mean, you know, I can, I'm very versed in the, in the philosophy and, and, the, and, the, and the tactics and the tools of all this. Um, but I'm as bad as anybody, any other human being about it for sure. That's amazing. Where can uh, our, our followers stay in touch with you? You know, I think it's incredibly important that they continue to dive into your work. Um, you're, you're shedding a light onto things that are so incredibly important, helping us be better communicators, mm-hmm. um, especially during this time where everything's the same but different. And so what's the best way for people to stay in touch with you, Mark? Yeah, it's easy. Just find me at Truthplane, T-R-U-T-H-P-L-A-N-E, truthplane.com. Just just put in the words truth plane into Google and, and all you'll find is me. Love it. That's awesome. Love it. Look at this photograph. Oh, gosh, enough. Sorry. It's, just, just, it's all I hear in my head now. It hurts. Mark. <laughs> it really hurts. Listen, brother, uh, we are incredibly thankful for you spending some time with us today. Um, this will not be the first, uh, the last time you're on this show. Anyways, we will continue to come back to you. We may have to have a correspondence series with you yes. just giving us the real deal, the truth. Um, and and uh, if you are not familiar with Truth Plane, uh, it is an incredible idea uh, that uh, you need to look into uh, his latest book uh, by the same name as well. Please go out, support Mark. The work he's doing is incredibly important. We thank you for being a guest here with us today. Uh, thank you so much, brother. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's great to be on your show. Really great. Awesome. We'll talk to you soon. Rock on. Rock on. Hey, rock stars, thanks so much for tuning in. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode. Yeah, and if you're interested in having Brant or me or both of us speak at your event, whether as a webinar for a virtual event or in person as a conference keynote, contact us directly at thoughtsthatrock.com. Until next time, rock rock on. on! Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, your gateway to a new dimension of wellness. 
featuring discussions with world-renowned experts, pioneers, champions, and professionals. Experience high-end production, sophistication, and easily applicable tips and tricks for everyday life. Your journey to wellness, it starts here and it starts now. Tune in to the Wellness Driven Life Show and become a part of the evolution of driven living.